What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema. This is episode 257, where tonight we'll be talking about the remake of a legendary film by legendary filmmaker Steven Spielberg in West Side Story, and then pulling almost a 180, which we'll talk about National Champions, a film about college, sports, the player base, and two young men who are trying to fix the broken system in which these college athletes perform. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Roger. Would he be a jet or a shark? Stillion. Roger, how are you, So you can answer the question, would you be a jet or would you be a shark? I wouldn't be involved in their petty games, Grace. All right, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. I'm 40 about, years old. <laughs> you ever think about like what it would have been like in that? Do you, okay, we just watched West Side Story. Did you find yourself thinking about what you would have, how you would have kept your time if you were a kid back then? No, I spent you know? a lot of time in this movie watching, say, where do they live, Sarajevo, uh, Sarajevo, with all these <laughs> bombed out buildings and shit. They really do. It's yeah, that's kind of like the breaking the fourth walls. Like, where do these kids live? Where do they call home? Who are their right. parents? Like, you know, all those things. All right, yep. Roger, how are you, sir? This is the week leading up to Christmas. How, how are it you, is. man? What's, what's going on? Nearly Christmas. This time next week, we will be after Christmas. Isn't that exciting? It used to be a whole lot more exciting when I was a kid, but uh, it's lost a lot of its luster since then, I guess. Yep. Next that week will be three years since I got to tell you how good Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was. <laughs> so hopefully, oh, hopefully this episode next week, I will tell you how incredible Spider-Man No Way Home is. And so. I, think, I think, folks, we're going to just do Spider-Man next week. We're going to devote the entire hour of time to just Spider-Man because I'm sure it's great. I mean, everyone is saying very positive things about it. So Spider-Man. We're going to try something next week just talking about one movie. We'll see how that goes. But that's I'm excited to watch that. That's making all kinds of money in the box office. Oh, man. But before we get in the box office, Roger, did you watch anything this week that we don't usually watch for the show? Mm, I don't know. I've been catching snippets of Christmas things my family has been watching. I don't know. I've said many times I don't really... I'm not a super big Christmas guy, so, um, you know, is what it is. All right, that's fair. I have been, I've watched all kinds of, you know, I just watched the Stepmom. It's not The Stepmom, it's Stepmom, 98. Oh, the one with uh, Julia Roberts and And Susan Susan Sarandon. That movie's sad as shit. Dude, I I don't, I was crying by the end only because like, you know, like I cry. Because like, I mean, I know, I've known friends who have lost parents to cancer and like my mom deals with like, this is a very shitty movie for an adult to watch. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. But it's a good movie. I I was surprised it didn't, it gets very serious towards the end and I'm surprised they went that route. But it's yeah, Julie, Julie, Robertson, Julie Roberts in 98 looked like she was all of 25 years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I often forget what celebrities looked like way back then, but yeah. I mean, Paul Rudd looked the same. He still does look the same. Yep. Paul Rudd does not age. Neither Absolutely. does Toby, Toby McGuire. He looks very young still, too. I guess we'll find out next week, allegedly. What have we, well, I watched, some, I watched a lot of stuff this week. I watched, oh, you know, you know what, Roger? I sat down and watched uh, The Purge, the first one with Ethan Hawke. Yeah, get, to help get into the Christmas spirit. <laughs> it did. Well, you know, my buddy and I came home. We had food, and we just turned it on. Um, we picked up food from uh, the good old Subway, and we just mm. like, ate, ate ourselves, and we just sat on the couch and watched uh, The Purge. Um, you live in one of the it. largest metropolitan areas in the United States, and you chose to eat Subway. Mm. <laughs> I've had a lot of good food in the past two or three weeks, a lot of like eating out on, on the show's dime. So, yeah, there's a Subway on on our way home. It's directly on our route. We decide, you know what, we're going to make this an early night, just get some Subway, watch a movie. But anyway, back to The Purge. That movie is very short, very concise, 
We're talking about the very first one with Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't okay. it doesn't do a whole lot of glitz and glamour, but it works. As a movie, it's quick and it's out and it works. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I keep saying to myself after watching West Side Story, which to me seemed like it was 100 hours long. Oh. I appreciate You love I, this I, shit. <laughs> what's that? And you love that shit. I do love those long ass movies when it when they work for me, but we're going to talk about what size for a little bit. But I, I appreciate the quickness, the the short run time of movies now too. I, I've I've gotten on the Roger bandwagon of <laughs> give me some ninety minute movies. I'll take them. I'll watch them. Done. My time is very important. If it's going Start to be finish, long, yeah. it's got to be good. Indeed, sir. Indeed. So yeah, I watched some good stuff. I'm kind of I'm slowly getting in the Christmas spirit. I watched uh, I watched Jingle All the Way from that movie is so. Well, you know what? It's on so rotation stupid. on one of the cable channels, and I've seen pieces of it a couple of times. You know, for as much as people make fun of that movie and as bad as it is, I'll bet you that movie gets watched like no one's business around Christmas time. Yeah, it's still terrible. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's fun, terrible, and then I think that makes a difference. Ter- terrible man, like he's, he's, that's when Arnold still can't speak. Terrible man. man. Sinbad, Sinbad's doing Sinbad things. Blah, 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 <laughs> All, all right. Well, you don't have any. You haven't been. Are you you're gonna watch It's a Wonderful Life this year? I hope. Yeah, on Christmas Eve. Christmas. Eve. I don't know though. That might be when I watch Spider Man legitimately. <laughs> like, and uh, if I have to trade if It's a Wonderful Life once for Spider Man, that you know, it's in God's hands. <laughs> well, I mean, look, that's there's a lot of movies coming out this Christmas week. A ton of big Lord movies. Lord made so. the choice that I have to watch Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So be it. All the Spider-Mans and Spider-Women's, Spider-Mans, spider all the Spider-People. People. Spider-People. I wish I was a Spider-Person. I really do. do you? I do yeah, think, man. like, normally I don't laugh at commercials very often because most commercials are terrible. Oh, you're talking but about the Limo Emu one? Listen, that Liberty Mutual commercial... <laughs> Where it's like the Spider-Man tie-in, and he's like, if I had spider powers, I would be able to tell everybody about Liberty Mutual. And he pours out this giant spider on his arm, and then it snap cuts to, like, did it work? And his face is all swelled up. <laughs> he's being he's him being, in an ambulance. Yeah, he'd be real in ambulances. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, actually pretty I think clever. that's hilarious. It, it really is funny, though. Like, it really is. Those are usually pretty funny. Those, those Liberty Mutual Limo Emu commercials, those are literally sure. those are really pretty funny. Because yeah, these are hilarious that. creatures. Everyone knows this. They are indeed. They are indeed. All right, Roger. This is episode 257 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It's poached each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current upcoming releases, what streaming trailers, and movies of the week. And Roger, boy, do I have a big number for you for number one. Number one this week, Ghostbusters. I'm kidding. Spider-Man, No Way Home. Nightmare Alley with $1.2 million. Spider-Man, No Way Home, number one spot. $253 million, bringing its worldwide seven, like what, nine-day total? No. No. Just a weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah, not even, yeah. Just a weekend total. No, that came out, yeah, yeah, two days or whatever. It came off, let's say three or four days. $587 million. Just a... (laughs) Just a hair shy of six hundred million dollars. Oh my gosh! What was the what was the three day or four day for um event the, the last the last Thanos Avenger movie? Like three thirty or something like that. So did this oh so it's just below it, but still, I tell you that's a testament to Spider Man by itself still being as, as like that's outside of Avengers that's got to be the best performing Marvel movie, right? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, I would imagine it has to be. 
Well, I mean, so I will, before you dig into the rest of the box office, I do want to make a statement about something. Um, so I forget which director it was. There was somebody, one of the Hollywood directors, somebody asked him about what he thinks about Marvel movies. And he said one of the smartest things I have ever heard somebody say. He said, you know, they might not be for everybody, but man, do they get people back into the theaters? And if that's what we got to do to get people there, that's fine by me. So that's a very like, good, that's a very safe line these days. It's perfect, right? Yeah, like maybe really you don't is. like the movies. I don't care. If that's what gets $253 million worth of back into the box office for one weekend, you're welcome every other movie. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. But I mean, look, anything get, <clears throat> to get people back in there is, is a good thing, definitely. Yep. It helps keep right. movie theaters alive. We're going to talk about that big one next week. Let's talk about Encanto for a second at six point five million. Number two, two fifty three to six. <laughs> worldwide of one seventy five. That's not great, but I mean, again, one seventy five is fine for something like Encanto, right? Yeah, but it's not. But that's like that should have been bigger. That's Walt Disney. That's like that's one of the biggest animation houses in the world with a, with a, with a great reputation. Just, I mean, Encanto is good. Go see it. After yeah, you watch Spider-Man. It's, <laughs> after you watch Spider-Man No Way Home and then get caught up on an end of the Spider-Verse, go watch Encanto. Yep. All right. Number three, West Side Story, bringing in a very disappointing 3.4 million. Roger, are you ready for this number? This worldwide number after two weeks. 27 million. What movie? <laughs> West Side Story. <laughs> Look, I just oh, laugh baby. because it's – oh, man. Okay, first of all, it's West Side Story. Second of all, it's Spielberg. You'd have thought that that would have been two weeks, hundred million dollars, easy. That would, yeah. Who no, I watched. Definite? I watched West Side Story, and I know why it's not. <sighs> yeah, I. Yikes! I have talking points I want to get to. Um, want to get to that, but not yet. Ghostbusters Afterlife number four, three point four million domestic worldwide of one seventy three. Hold on, one seventy three versus Encanto's one seventy five. Okay, that's pretty good for a Ghostbusters movie to come right behind Encanto. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm All fine right. with listen. Ghostbusters, if you haven't seen it already, probably last week you're going to get a chance to in theater. Um, I recommend it if you like the old ones. I love it. I think it's great. One of my one of my most fun movies of the year. Well, see, that's one of my that's one of my more liked thirty year later sequels. Yep, um, yeah, it works. So it it does. It does. I mean, and it's even, no Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Let's not. Well, let's not it, go it, out it, and say things like that. It's <laughs> not a Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and it's not the original Ghostbusters. But it works, I think. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. That's fine. <laughs> All right, number five, Nightmare Alley, three million. Okay, well, it says three million domestic, and then worldwide, two point nine million. So something, mm. you know, very fishy here. You, you want to do your wah wah? Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Well, see, Roger, you, you made a good you made a good point to me before we started recording. Nightmare Alley came out toe to toe with Spider Man, right before another two or three big weeks. Of releases, well, another week or two of big releases. So, do you think it was intentionally put there to die? Yep, sure do. Man, oh man, I just—that's a big cast with a big director, and it's just maybe it did go out there to die. Maybe they thought they had a turd, and they just okay, we gotta just get this out there. And I mean, it's got okay reviews. So, I mean, we'll probably. Here's the thing: we're gonna be so packed up with stuff. Um, after these next couple of weeks, it, we may we probably won't talk about Nightmare Alley unless 
you know, something drastic changes between now and then. So well, because, I mean, obviously no one's watching it. You yeah, know what I mean? Listen, so, I mean, yeah. this is the only time you're going to listen. Nightmare Alley's got like seven more days in the box office and that's it. If that. I mean, it probably dies Christmas Day, right? And I was just looking for okay, so the the top the top ones from from December seventeenth to nineteenth this past weekend. I was looking to see where national champions ranks. It's it's I it it goes down to twenty one, and I don't even see it. Yikes! Jesus, that's a shame too, because we're going to talk about that one today as well. I actually didn't hate that one. Nope. All right. As tradition dictates, we will now move into all right uh, upcoming release upcoming releases. All right, so okay, December seventeenth, Nightmare Alley, Spider Man No Way Home, which basically means Spider Man No Way Home came out by itself, and a ton of stuff on Hulu theaters. It's important to note that Swan Song is theatrical in big cities and Apple TV Plus. That is Mahershala Ali as the lead character. It's getting pretty good reviews. Yep. If you guys have Apple TV Plus, check it out. I'm sure it's great. We will get to that eventually. We will we will be talking about that probably in January. We are big Mahershala fans on this show, so I'm excited to get to that. Mother Android on Hulu. That's um that's got a pretty big cast. I saw that while I was flipping through. December twenty second, which is this coming Wednesday, The Kingsman, Matrix Resurrections, Sing Two, and The Tender Bar goes wider. December twenty fourth, two days later, which is a Friday, Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up. Licorice Pizza goes wider and theatrical, and Licorice Pizza is Netflix, important to note. And December 25th, which is Christmas Day, American Underdog, A Journal for Jordan, and then December 31st, Cyrano. That's a packed week and a half, so if you have movies you want to watch, I, we recommend on this show you watch them because, Roger, why do you want, why do you want to watch everything before December 31st? <laughs> because after that, things go to die. I mean, and we think... Things are going to be different after Christmas, probably. I think. Look, there's. I mean, with all the political stuff going on with COVID, there's. If you were going to make a guess that there's going to be another maybe shutdown, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen after the new year, like right after the new year. Yeah. So definitely not great, Bob. Not great, Bob at all. But yeah, there's plenty there to keep you occupied if you want to go watch a movie. Definitely check at least Spider Man, Kingsman. I think it'll be great. If you still care about the Matrix, check that one out. I'm really excited for American Underdog. Every time I see that trailer, I get more and more excited. I think it'll be a decent movie. I really do. Let's go and let's move into the next. All right, let's talk about for one second what's streaming. It. <laughs> let's oh, talk that's about what's streaming. Madison. Yeah, that's a timeless treasure, Billy Madison, of course. What's streaming? We're looking at Disney Plus this week. The Santa Claus by director John Pasquin. This, this movie needs no introduction. Very famous, legendary. Tim Allen, Judge Reinhold, Wednesday Crewson, Wendy Crewson, Aaron Lloyd as young Charlie, if you remember. David Crumholtz, Peter Boyd, 1994. And what do you say about that movie, Roger, every time we talk about it? No. He murdered, he, he, he murdered Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. That's true. He did kill that man and then he robbed did. him. He did both those things. All right, number two. Home Alone by director Christopher Columbus. Of course, Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, Catherine O'Hara, very famously came out in 1990. All right, I so this movie, I have many things to say because he hunted those men. <laughs> this is Jigsaw's origin story, as we always talk right. about. It's also a very good movie, though. Home Alone, as a, as a three-act structure, is a wonderful example of how to make movies correct. So that's a that's a, and, I mean, it's just, it's just a well-made movie all around. All right, and I, I, I kind of went with a curveball for the last one. It's not a, a staple for a lot of people, but – and I'll tell you why I picked it at the end. 
I'll be home for Christmas. Palm Springs on Hulu. Yes, that's it. But um, yeah, I'll be home for Christmas by director Arlene Sanford, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Jessica Biel, 1998. If you remember Jonathan Taylor Thomas at the end of kind of the, the middle to the end of uh, home improvement, he was enormous. He was the biggest person in Hollywood. He was young person in Hollywood for about a year or two. He was massive. Maybe three years. And Jessica Biel's in that movie, if you've forgotten. But that's that's available on Disney+. Plus. Check that out. He did another movie around the same time. I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's one of the, it's, it's on like the list of worst movies ever made. I think it's like Walking Through the Valley of Egypt or something. But it was, it was cool. meant to be like a, it was meant to be massive Oscar bait for him and just didn't do anything. So, of course not. All right. Let's talk about some trailers. Roger. Hey, that kid's got degrees from Harvard and Columbia now. Does he really? Yep. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Nothing I've ever said on the show has been factually incorrect or wrong in any way. We've discussed this. We have indeed discussed this. Oh, we do have another talking point after you're done doing what you're doing. The trailers? All right. Let me through the trailers for one second. All right, let's talk about the Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore trailer. I think it's a massive crime what's happening to the Harry Potter world. Not what's – it's – Whenever these movies are brought up, and I, I try to bring them up whenever I can in, 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 in conversation with people, and people just kind of shrug their shoulders. Do you people not remember that Harry Potter is massive? We're talking like it's a billion-dollar franchise, sure. multiple billion-dollar franchise. I don't understand why people aren't more excited about these movies. I know they're not what people well, are, were expecting. After the last one, which was bad – the last Fantastic Beast is a bad movie. So I think that lost a lot of luster. And J.K. Rowling doesn't exactly have the greatest reputation for her stance on some political things. and um, Which she is not quiet about. She does no, not. No, she is not. She doesn't stop, which um, I don't understand. But was, We don't we really do a lot of that kind of stuff on the show at all. No. But it's like, mm, that's kind of rough, you know? <laughs> I can understand why some people are off put by it. Let's just say that I can certainly understand that, but I don't see the thing is I understand the first two movies weren't well received and that's why they had to go away. The first one was decent, but it's just the second one. I think they tried. They were just so in love with the fact they were making Harry Potter sequels. Um, and it's no one told them. No, it has the same problem that Prometheus had with the alien franchise. You only had to answer one question in the Prometheus movie. Who was the space jockey from the first from the first? Who alien is movie? your daddy, and what does he do? Who was this, who was that giant space jockey <laughs> in the chair, and where did the queen go that burst out? Like that's it. One and they and there's been two movies since that have not answered that one question. That was so. These movies are just meant to get us. I mean, there's still two more Harry Potter prequels coming after this one. So, I mean, they've already said there's going to be five. So we know there's going to be, unless they've done some massive changing. I don't, I haven't seen anything on like the Harry Potter uh, social media. So I don't think that they've changed that yet. There's supposed to be five altogether uh, prequels. And then when those are done, five sequels to the Harry Potter franchise. So that's going to be, there's going to be 18 movies all when everything's said and done in probably the year 2041. Good. When all those are said and done. But I don't understand why people aren't more excited about this. After having seen the trailer, I think it's going back to more Harry Potter-ish. You know, less of the second one and more towards what people want. So I don't understand why people aren't more excited about this. Then we get Mads Mikkelsen, baby. 
Well, they swapped out over Grim, Grindelwald for from, Grindel, yeah. Grindelwald for uh, Johnny Depp. So, yeah. So again, so, more, okay. more um, Hollywood, you know, politics that you know we don't really talk about on this show because it's not our thing. But look, Mads Mikkelsen is a very capable actor. I'm sure he'll do great. I have I have no qualms with seeing him in any movie ever. He's awesome. Nope, never. So you watch the trailer, Roger. Give me, give me your two cents on this trailer. Like, I mean, you're a big Harry Potter fan. I am. I am so, very knowledgeable in the Potter. So uh, the, I have my own Patronus. It's a snake. Thank you. What's your, what's your uh, house? What do you think my house is? You're Slytherin. 100% Slytherin. Damn 100%. It. So the funniest thing is, is because we actually had a big – of course you're Hufflepuff. You know why? Because you have no <laughs> defining characteristics. I know. I know. Uh, I know. We actually had a big discussion about this in my work because we have a bunch of Harry Potter people that I work with, which is cool actually. Um, apparently it's really hard to get that thing to generate Slytherin and I keep doing it. So, um, good for me, bad for everybody else. Wow. But, um, we actually have two Slytherin in my store for sure. Um, we, I, I kind of, I'm okay with this trailer. It's not near, doesn't have like the nearly the, the scale it seems as the last one. Cause the last one just seemed to try to do too much. This one seems more of like an, we're in Hogwarts again, you know, for some reason we've given the, the muggle a wand, which is also kind of funny when he's like, I got it for Christmas, <laughs> you know, like, I, I think that's awesome. So, well, that's, would, that's all going somewhere. So too, you wouldn't add that character unless that character was someone in the actual eight movies. We want. we just don't know who he is. We don't know who he turns into. We don't, I mean, we don't know anything about him, but we know he, I mean, why else would that character be there? Dan Fogler rules. He can be in anything. I don't care. Make him Harry Potter, whatever. <laughs> no, he's he's very capable. I but like there's a reason that there's there's a reason he's in there, and we just don't know it yet. That's the whole thing. Um, I mean, I, I I know that Cursed Child really put people off. Isn't there? There's an adaption for that, like a oh, film adaption on the way. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. I don't. They probably want to. I mean, I would imagine they would want to stay away from that, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm just really excited. I'm I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so whatever they give me, I will take. What do we think that the fifth movie in the franchise is going to end with in the scene in the bedroom? Like isn't wouldn't you think that's the that's the place to end it? It's too much time. Too much time to pass. You think so? Yeah. I mean, you could though. I mean, you just have to pass it only well, yeah, that's a couple of decades, so. 40 years, man. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, there's a well I just I'm happy. I as long as they keep making Harry Potter movies fit in the universe, I'm fine with it. I'm really excited. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited. I'm here for it. Yeah, me too. Me make also. me Harry Porters. Yeah, yeah. All right, you Slytherin. All right, now let's talk yeah. about the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So um it's really hard to describe this trailer seriously. Because it is Nick Cage playing Nick Cage being Nick Cage. But like everybody else is fake. You you guys get that? Understand what I mean? Yeah, everyone else is playing a character, but Nick Cage is Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you need to watch this trailer because it's hilarious. Well, it (laughs) it does some interesting things that only movies can do. So that's why I'm excited for it. 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 plays with the fourth wall it's tongue-in-cheek i'm always for those things i mean there's a phrase with multiple people talking about nick cage movies about how cool it is that they met nick cage and the one lady's like have you ever seen crudes too and he's like 
I'm a fucking 40 year old man. Why would I see Cruz? I think Nick Cage. I think Con Air. In face off. <laughs> face off. Yeah. Hilarious. It's a very, it's a very clever line. Also, a very like it's a very. Why the line. fuck yeah. would I watch Cruz? <laughs> <laughs> That's Ike Barinholtz who says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm here yeah, for yeah. it, man. I. I love how he's staying in a in a hotel. He's like, yeah, they love having me there. He's like, they, you owe them six hundred thousand dollars. Oh. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I, I think it'll be just what we need at the right time. It's just a movie can be silly and be great too. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Sure. Let's talk about the lost city with Channing Tatum, Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe, and what's her name? Sandra Bullock. Let's talk about that for a second. I'm kind of on the fence here. Why are you on the fence? Well, listen, it's got Daniel Radcliffe. It's got Channing Tatum, which I actually, I love Channing Tatum. I think he's great. Uh, It's got Sandra Bullock, which uh, I hit or miss on. But the story behind this is kind of weird. It's going to be some weird romantic comedy, right? I would imagine so, yes. That's what they they make it look like. Brad Pitt shows up, (laughs) and I'm okay with that, too. And there's a line in the trailer where Sandra Bullock's like, why are you so handsome? And he looks her dead in the face and is like, my father was a weatherman. As he like, he flips his hair to the left and he has long flowing blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yep. And he's rescuing her doing what the Jane Tatum couldn't do. Yeah, yep. it's great. It's great. It's great. <sighs> All right. I Let's assume that you want to watch this movie a hundred times. I Yeah, because I like funny tongue-in-cheek romantic comedies. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love in the beginning where they're like, where she's imagining this awful position they're in. They're on the floor in a temple with snakes. And she, and then you, you hear them narrating, wait, 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 wait. There, there were snakes on the floor of this temple waiting for us to come in. And they made the, they left a spot just for us on the floor. And then there's like, why, why are the snakes not biting that guy? Why are they not biting him? Yeah, it's just, it's funny. It's clever. I'm here for it. All right, Roger. Here's a real question. The 355, massive cast. How do you think it'll do? Um... Remember, we've seen this trailer now for like two years. It's been more than a year. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. If we I have mean, to watch it, I hope it doesn't suck. Okay, well, here's the thing. Here's, here's the, okay, let's just, for one second, here's the thing. Um, Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o. Look, that's a, that's a massive cast. cast. Yeah, great, cast. great cast. You know, I just, I, I hope that, it's a good movie with good characters. You know, that's, that's always what I hope with these because like we've had so many of these, you know, after the born, you know, James Bond was always that guy, but like after born is when we started to like really get a ton of these movies, like the past 20 years, we've had a ton of these movies and most of them suck. I yeah. just want it to be good. That's all I care about. And you have Academy Academy nominated and Academy award winning cast here. Like, so I, I just, I expect good things. I expect good things. That's all I have to say. It's just I've just you know I just hope it doesn't suck. That's, I will that's go the, so far as to say you should lower your expectations. I'm not that. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I also watched that behind enemy lines. Oh, and before he was funny, or before he was a comedy guy, I watched that this week too. Loved it. Good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of three five five. What it's doing. I just I just hope. To, look, the motto of our show, which which we rarely say, is I just hope it doesn't suck. Like this. Come on. I just hope it doesn't suck. All right. That does it for the trailers. Roger, what do you want to talk about before we head into the movie? Uh, I want to talk about a full little uh, fortune cookie incident that I had this weekend or this week. All right, folks, buckle up. Buckle up. That's all I got to say. So, you know, we got some Chinese food at work because, you know, Chinese food is incredible. 
and should give be given all the respect in the world as the greatest delicacy we've ever had. And so I, I crack open my my fortune cookie as I'm wont to do after a a fine delicious meal. And my fortune states, Ahem. <clears throat> you guys ready for this? Your wisdom is a treasure for all time. That's right, people. That's what it says. So, you're welcome. If we, if the, the Grayson, universe, how do you feel about this? I'll tell you why I did the, the sigh. Because, Roger, your ego is already, at, at times, your ego is already much bigger than any man's ego ever should have been. Mm-hmm. But, damn it, you're usually see, right, It seems too. like it's not, because I'm wise. You're usually and right. It's a about treasure. Things. So, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you may have the, the esteemed privilege of listening to one of the gifts on this planet to you. So, you know, tune into our show every week to listen to Roger as he is the domineering force on this show. Oh, man. Yep. All um, right. We can continue the show as normal. All right, Roger. Let's talk about national. You know, well, actually, let's talk about West Side Story. I'm trying a new thing. We're doing the big movie first. Let's talk about West Side Story. Okay. All right, let me get some particulars out of the way. As our new tradition dictates, we're going to talk about the tomato meter and the audience score first. The tomato meter. I would meter, prefer to call it tomato meter. Tomato meter. All right, ninety-two percent for the tomato meter and the audience score ninety-four. Those are some good numbers. But here's the question I have with this movie: is the same one I I have with all those Oscar bait movies that. No one watches when they, when they first get released in October, November. But then when they get the nominations, everyone's like, "Oh, I plan. I was gonna. Of course, I was gonna watch. That's a great movie." If is this receiving such good scores because it's Spielberg or because it's actually a good movie? Because I can tell you, from having watched this movie, it feels like it's five hours long. And I'm usually the guy who's not, who's very apologizing for that kind of thing. So, so that's just I mean, from my point of view. Score wise, I don't know. Listen, do I, I don't think it's a bad movie. Do you understand what I mean? Just remember, a 92% and 94% is not a cumulative score out of 100. No, of course That's not. just the percentage of positive reviews overall. So, Well, so that's in theory that for every 100 people they asked, 92 thought it was better than – thought it was, gave, it a, gave it more than a 2.5 out of 5. Yeah, that's, five that's all that 10. means. But, I mean, it's not really a scale you can – you know, take to the bank. That might be ninety-four five point fives, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really. I mean, I mean, well, it absolutely. That, that's the way that scale can equate. I mean, it it quite literally could be ninety-four five point ones out of ten. I mean, yep. that's what it could be. I mean, you know, you you don't know that, but that's why I don't like you know. But it's just it, it's a general yes or did did you like the movie yes or no? I mean, people generally take it down to those two categories yes or no. All right, so let's get into the particulars. Of course, directed by. Legendary filmmaker Steven Spielberg, who has had a name small for himself for at least three decades. What's that? <laughs> small indie director. Yeah, yeah. Small indie director. I don't know if you've heard of him. Steven Spielberg? Question mark. All right. Well, it's important because it's important because there's a lot of other elements in play. For example, Tony Kushner being is credited as a writer. The Janice Kaminsky, you know, cinematographer. Those are big deals. The the cinematographer. That's one of Spielberg's go-to people. Um, even the editor, Michael Kahn, I read an article online talking about how this, the, the, this movie was edited much differently than most movies you see today. Much slower paced, many more camera movements within the action. I can appreciate that. And of course, composer by Leonard Bernstein, 
based on you know, the original Sondheim. It, it's this is a big deal. Okay, Ansel Elgort, Tony, Rachel Zelger, Maria, Rita Moreno as Valentina, which what's one of the major changes here is she plays the owner of the drugstore rather than Doc, Doc. from yep. the original. So that's that's a big change. But I mean, there's a reason there's reasons for that in this particular movie. Ariana DeBose as Anita, just she's phenomenal. Man, yep. is she good. Um, David Alvarez Bernardo, Carrie Stroll as Lieutenant Shrank, Brian Darcy, Brian Darcy James as Sergeant Krupke, Josh Andres Rivera as Chino, which is, he has a big role in this one. Mike Faced as Rift, Anna Isabel Ros- Rosalia, and the the list goes on. One of my questions to you, Roger, that I hope to answer during, over the over the next 15, 20 minutes of looking at this movie is: Is this up to Spielberg standards? Or isn't it? Nope. I, I, I have well. Okay, so I I know where you sit. I just I have reasons I ask that question. Of course, we love movies on this show, so we want to talk about them. I mean, Spielberg has has been a household name for at least three decades. Arguably, you could even go further than that. I think. Sure. But so let's okay. Let's dive into it, Roger. West Side Story. Five seconds. Sum it up. I don't think you need more than five seconds. Well, I mean, West Side Story is a timeless musical production, right? Uh, original one came out in 61. This movie remains mostly, largely, largely the same as the original. Um, story about a guy and a girl, rival gangs, falling in love, murder. That's it, right? Um, well, it's, it's Romeo and Juliet repackaged. That's that's all. Sure. The, okay, that's all sure. West Side Story ever was. Perfect way to think about it, right? Yeah, that's all West Side Story um, ever was. But past was that, that? I, I don't know, man. Now listen, West Side Story is a legendary uh, musical production, legendary movie. Had ten Oscars under its belt. I mean, I remember watching it in my uh, my music class back in the day, which I actually had a discussion with my wife when I explained to her what music class for me in high school was because I had to take it. <laughs> um, all we did, no, legitimately, all we did was watch movies, like musical movies, and then we would get tested on them like book report style. So I learned how to break down films when I was in eighth grade. That's pretty sweet, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it actually comes in very handy for you know this so <laughs> i haven't forgotten how to do it um but the the real issue that i have with this movie listen it's fine i just don't know why it is a movie right well spielberg credits what he gives a few movies that he gives credit to as wanting him to make helping him want to make movies this is one of them so i understand why he'd want to remake this i get it um, when I think of West Side Story, I think of films like Citizen Kane. I think of films like Gone with the Wind. I think of Wizard of Oz. I think of movies that probably shouldn't be touched because of the of the the, the history they have in the film medium. You just don't touch it. Why? Why just just leave it alone? Well, make- here's the 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 caveat to that: is you can't make it better. Well, I mean, he sure tried. But another question I have is a caveat to is a caveat to my first one. Double is, caveats is does this have is this Steven Spielberg's West Side Story or is it still West Side Story? I would argue it's not Steven Spielberg's. It's not different enough. He didn't do enough different 
to make it Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. You no, I think it's West Side Story directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that's the whole thing is you can't – I was thinking about this t- today. What you can't do is take a movie that's already a 9.5 or a 10 legitimately – make the same movie again and people are like, oh, it's great a second time and then say it's yours. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's what you can't do. You know what I mean? You can't, I don't think that's fair. I'm trying to be fair to the original filmmaker, the, you know, the source material. I want to be fair all around always. But I mean, a lot of people are calling this Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. And I just don't think that's accurate. I don't think enough has changed. I don't think the story has, but again, do you risk changing the story of West Side Story? Sure. I mean, listen, there are some minor differences here in this story. Minor, nothing, you know, earth-shattering. Well, no, nothing because earth-shattering. Because you can't, right? Well, no, you, you're going to be chastised for why did he make that change, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, certain certain musical numbers have been rearranged and uh, in, in where they fall in the story, um, you know, what they're doing. in the, but, uh, but because – Time has, you know, with filmmaking, we've come a long way since 1961. So that's changed. A lot of the characters, how they meet, have have changed. But overall, the, the, the West Side Story integrity as a package is intact. The story remains West Side Story. And that, I think, is the first point I wanted to make was this is the West Side Story. This is not Steven Spielberg's West, at least to me. You can make your own argument. I'm sure there are people out there who disagree with me. Just to me... I kind of sit my my overall present my overall comment of the presentation of this West Side Story is the same as yours. I don't know why he remade this movie. The same yep. question we've been asking for weeks, for months. I don't know why he did it, except for the fact that he loves it and he wanted to do it, and that's a fine answer, but it's not the answer that I think critics want. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me because I feel the same way. It's just like, eh. All right, but let's jump into this rendition of West Side Story. Let's talk about first the look of West Side Story, which I think was a, a kind of a fear for a lot of people. But I don't know why it's a fear because again, it's Spielberg, and he's going to do the movie the movie justice. It looks like I think a remake of West Side Story should look okay. Let's talk about as a backwards way of how it looks. Let's start with the backwards way of what, I, what I'm glad it didn't do. I'm glad it didn't update to 2021. I'm very glad it didn't do that. For like the time it takes place, like the, the setting of the film, I'm very glad they didn't update it. You mean you didn't want it happening in uh, Brooklyn 2015? No, because instead of a dance-off at school, you're just going to have a bunch of gunfights. I actually kind of thought about that. In the, like, how would this be today? Well, there would just be – it would just – it would not be good. It would just be, be terrible. I don't even want to get into it. Someone put a live stream to murder. That's yeah, what would have happened. TikTok. That's not, not good. Yeah, TikTok is you know, ripe for that these, these days. I'm glad the movie looks and feels like the original West Side Story. That was one of my major concerns, even though I, I shouldn't have had it. I knew Spielberg would not not do that. But it looks it looks like I think a remake should look. I don't know how you feel about that, Roger, but I just thought it looked great. I mean, it looks it looks fine. You know, it, I don't. I mean, I made the joke earlier that it's like they filmed it in Sarajevo. Like, listen, where? I get it. They're rebuilding the neighborhood, tearing stuff down to build new. But like, these buildings are just sitting there, like with like wrecking ball holes in them. You know, like, what happened? My favorite thing about this movie. And I guess I never really put it together, you know, when I watched the original West Side Story years ago. 
this movie takes place in the span of like 72 hours you know that right yeah it really does like it's hilarious because it feels like it's like a week right i felt like i mean i honest to god felt like i was sitting in the theater for a week i i keep saying that but man it really this movie's two and a half hours long after before trailers it's easily a two Two fifty to three hour commitment. It's, you have to it's make. an ex- excursion to the theater, and what? Well, so I mean, I've like you made a mention earlier about a solid ninety minute to hundred minute movie. How impactful that can be! This movie is hundred and fifty three minutes long, and it doesn't make a damn bit of difference for it. Well, again, caveat to that is I've been talking to people who don't have kids and have pets, and I asked them. Would you go watch a three-hour movie? And they always say, "No, I have a dog." Like that's their that's their immediate response. No thought to it. So I thought I, that's something I never thought about. Was yeah, you know, no, I have a dog. So again, I don't understand the runtime of over three hours with trailers. I mean, something AMC tends to have a ton of trailers. I know other theater chains might have a few less. So you, you know, you're looking at 15 minutes less, but still, 2:45 is still commitment. It's not like you're, oh, now that changes things. No, it doesn't. I mean, if you're there for 245, you're going to be there for three. It doesn't matter. Either one of those you're, you're fine with, right? So if you're fine with one, you're fine with the other. But the thing about this movie is, before we really dig into it, is it's a very well-made movie. It's a very competently made movie by a man who makes movies and is very good at making movies. So I don't really have a lot in the way of of the aesthetic of the movie, of the technical of the movie, my a lot of my red flags come with look i love ansel elgort but man he just he was one of the weaker parts of of the movie if you ask me he looks like he's singing like to as a piece of wood <laughs> and he looks like he was ripped straight out of 2021 like yep. that like he his man i guess i didn't was, realize too how tall he is yeah he's he's tall i don't know like was did no other kid like did Spielberg not have a like was he like nope I'm gonna cast Ansel and you can't persuade me otherwise that's nope. it so I wonder if how many other people I'm gonna be interested to know in a year to know how many other people auditioned for that role if there were any auditions or Spielberg just said Ansel you're my first boys you want to do this yes here's x here's x number of million dollars all right you're in okay great he's been great yeah, in the movies I just Spielberg's like hey I need a few of those million back. <laughs> Hey, I put it, go by, just go to the, go to 10 AMC theaters and buy a theater out, please. I need some of that money to come back to me. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Hilarious. Um, I didn't think he was very good and he's your lead. He's got to be good. And I just don't think, well, he, he was... I mean, I don't know if he's bad, but everybody else is just better than him. Well, is I mean, that a better way to say that that is. And of course the immediate comparison of a movie we talked about last week, tick, tick, boom, Andrew Garfield is stellar in tick, tick, boom. Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom is better than any one of these people in this movie. I'll, I'll, I'll give you most of them. I, don't, I mean, he's as good as the, the woman who plays uh, the, the lead role. Uh, what, Anita was her name? The, the, the girlfriend of... Um, An, An, Anita. Um, oh, Bernard's girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, Bernard, Bernard's girlfriend. She was excellent. Like, she had a couple of singing roles. She was pretty great, man. I just didn't think Ansel. Every time I saw someone who was great, it made me realize how not great he is. And that's well, I think one of, it's funny that you brought up Tick Tick Boom already because I was going to make sure I hit home on this. I feel bad for West Side Story that I just watched Tick Tick Boom last week because listen, I really like Tick Tick Boom. Me and you both did very much. And this movie, that movie was all 
everything is right. And this movie's like, uh, it's okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not, again, not that it's is bad. Not that it's bad. Not that it is very good. But I want to say, I mean, I'll just, I have some comments I want to wait till I score, but like, I have several things I want to say about if you're going to choose to watch West Side Story, these things you need to understand. Okay, but before that. So let's talk about the rest if of the If you're going to watch West Side Story, you need to watch the 1961 version. I agree 100%. At least it will enrich your viewing of this to make you realize that, hey, Spielberg, maybe we're not all that in a bag of chips, you know, what I mean? as, as Will Smith would say on Fresh, Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No one would say that in 2021, <laughs> and I'm embarrassed for you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about the rest of the Don't cast. Let's talk about the, Apologize. Let's talk about the Jets and the Sharks. Okay. The important part was it did feel like West Side Story, the Jets and sure. the Sharks of – I think they made a bigger deal out of territory in this movie than in the 61. Because, I mean, the Jets and the Sharks only have, what, 12 people each? Um, probably slightly more than that, but close. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. One, one, like, flu goes around that, that group. You're going you're, you're gonna to be sick short for a little while to let it recover. You think you've had a nice polio outbreak? <laughs> Would have wiped them out? <laughs> um. So the Jets and the Sharks, they felt like they felt like the Jets and the Sharks should feel. And what I wanted to happen in this movie, and it didn't, and I'm I was kind of looking for this is that thing in this in in movies I always talk about where it's a screenwriter's job to set up why this doesn't happen, and this one never did it, it just avoids it. But yes, Tony and Maria, that's your Romeo and Juliet in this movie. It's you know, West Side Story is Tony and Maria. For Tony not to sit down with at least this version of West Side Story, for Tony not to sit down with Bernardo and say, look, dude, I'm not in any of that crap. I just want to take Maria on a date. I'm a good dude. I mean, like, I know that's not 1950s and I know it's not West Side Story, but again, I was looking for a reason why that didn't happen and I don't think the movie gave me a reason why it didn't happen. Because that's what he almost did several times. And I if wanted it was 2021, to. he'd take him to a bar, bought him a couple of drinks, be like, hey, man. I just, we ain't got to be friends, but I don't want you to hate me. Fair? <laughs> that, yeah, that's, you know, guys can win other guys over like that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Why don't you come over and watch a ball game, have a couple of drinks, you know, maybe play some Xbox. Let's let's watch a few episodes of Tiger King. Yeah. Then, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be know? bros. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's cool. Oh, man. Beers so, are on me. Let's talk about the settings of West Side Story. Did these feel like sets to you? Like, yes, like but... built sets in a warehouse, like artificially lit and everything. Yeah, especially some of the street scenes. A lot of the, like the fire escape and all that. Well, Multiple course, fire escape I mean, scenes, but yeah. Yeah, they really did. And I remember we talked about In the Heights too of, you know, In the Heights came out over the summer, you know, what, June or July? Something like, one, of, one of those. I think June. Like Fourth but, of July or something like that. A lot of those numbers, again, we have big, flourishing musical numbers out in streets. Um, again, it's it's all very pretty to look at. And and one thing I want to put, I think, in Spielberg's the pro column for this movie is the editing was different. And I'm sure that was a Spielberg request. That was 100% a, a stylistic choice to mimic the original, you know, sometimes in this movie, the camera is quite literally moving, you know, it's dollying in and out of the action. You're going left to right and forward just to get the big, you know, performers hitting their peak dance numbers, which I loved. And I have to give it props for that because I, you know, a well choreographed number, it stands out. 
And some of these did stand out. What doesn't stand out is the actual music, I don't think. No. Because it's, just, it's just West Side Story. Yeah, you that's, know? I mean, listen, that would have been really bold to change some of the musical numbers. But so my, my, my point there is I don't think it, I think the choreography was more impressive than the music in this version. I mean, it's just Sondheim songs just reskinned. Which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. But I mean, the choreography is pretty great, and like the song, one one song that I did love was the, you know, um, America, like da na na da na America. Yeah, like, that was classic a very song. Very, classic was, song. Very fun musical number to watch. Very tons of different colors. People dancing all over the street. That's great, man. That is that is what West Side Story is, and. You know, one thing I don't think we got enough of, or maybe we got too much, because there's one scene that does happen where, like, there, you know, how the West Side, it's very, like, tropey, where they, like, snap at each other and, like, go back and forth with the snapping. And, you know, I'm kind of glad we didn't get a whole lot of that, but that is kind of the musical theater aspect of West Side Story. So there was a scene when they kind of went back and forth with that, and I got kind of, it got kind of old quick because. I just wasn't expecting it. But then when they didn't do it again later, I kind of ah, I kind of missed that. So I know it's a double-edged sword. I shouldn't be saying that right now, but I both dug it and thought it was too much when it was done. Does that make sense? Sure. No, I, I understand that. Well, because, I mean, if you watch this movie, and honestly, I don't know if <laughs> we'll get to ratings here in a little bit. I don't know how much of a positive thing I want to give her, like, as a must-see thing. Um, it's like I look at this movie – as the the um, how can I phrase this? Mediocre isn't the right term, but it's not much above that. I um, would say, I would say it's, uh, well, think, they don't take any real risks, right? But what you risk can you take with West Side Story? Well, well, that leads me to the whole point of why why this anyway, right? Yeah. Um, the other part of it is since you don't take any risk, you don't change anything. And when you don't change anything, what did you do? You got a budget and made West side story again, right? You, you just remade a movie. So you're, but, yeah, no, you're, 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 you're right. You're, not you're asking like, the right questions. You're asking the absolute right questions. The thing is, when I think of, hey, a cool movie that would like I'd love to see remade, even if it was a shot-for-shot remake, I would love to see a shot-for-shot remake of, like, the original Star Trek movie. Or, you know, I just watched Ghostbusters. You know, if they did a remake with a brand-new cast that was shot-for-shot the same thing as Ghostbusters, I would watch it. You know what I mean? Because it's updated with stuff for better tech and, you know, all the special effects and things like that. When you do a remake of West Side Story, you don't change anything. You don't exactly do a shot for shot, but you you wasted my time. <laughs> well, you again, made me sit here for two and a half hours to show me something I watched that's, you know, 50, 60 years old. But again, does that I mean, it's a very competently made movie, though. So, like, I'm really torn here because I want sure, to well, listen. Technically, it's fine. But is it better than fine at any real point? I don't think so, but I mean, the fine here is defined as like, it's not, so when, when we say, is it better than mediocre or average, we usually, you know, somewhere from the four to six or like the five to six range, it's, it's better than a five or a six. It's it? just, it's just one of those movies to me. I'm glad I saw it. 
you know, I mean, I don't, I expect more from Steven Spielberg than West Side than what he gave us in West Side Story. But I mean, yes, I, I think it's a very competently made movie. It just, it didn't move mountains, which is what okay. I'm used to the man doing. Well, Grayson, and, me and you watch, we watch, we watch a ton of movies, right? You watch more than I do. And, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that. What would it take you to rewatch this version of West Side Story? To rewatch this, what would be the scenario where you'd be like willfully be like, I'm going to pop in West Side Story and break it down a little bit more? Would you I mean, ever like, do that? Well, outside of like, I mean, excluding the the, the possibility of like a, a Victoria's Secret mall at Grayson, you want to watch West Side Story? Like excluding those crazy fantasy things, it would really have to be. There would have to be a reason I was rewatching it. So you just say no, man. Because <laughs> uh, then, no, then no, then no, you're yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Then no, I I, I wouldn't. I. I wouldn't choose to rewatch this West Side Story movie anytime soon. Just, and that's pretty damning to me. Cause like I said, it's not bad. Well, it's not bad at all. Okay. Well, let me come. But it's forgettable. But well, let me ask you this. Let me ask. So I, I, I watched, okay. and I watched this movie all the time behind enemy lines with Gene Hackman, Owen Wilson. It was like 2000, 2001, one of those. Sure. You know, that to me is a movie I will watch whenever I see it. I will watch it. I love that movie. I think it's much better than people gave it credit for, and I'll watch it every time. But a movie like this, see, this doesn't fall into the same thing that we talk about with those with those like Netflix slogs, like like Mudbound, because Mudbound's a masterpiece or damn close. Yeah, you know, it's it a great movie. It doesn't fall into that category. This one's just a slog. <laughs> you know, there's no like. There's nothing it's the bad slog, not the good slog. That's, I guess, for a really roundabout way of saying it, that's what I think it is. It's a bad slog. It's not a good slog. Well, if I'm going to watch West Side Story, well, I mean, because if I'm going to watch West Side Story, if I'm going to watch West Side Story, it's going to be the '61 version. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Because I mean, as good as these people are, I mean, as good as, and, and there is tremendous talent on on screen on this on, in this movie at all times. I think they were also the talent was better in the '61 version too, but I mean, again, that's just overall my probably though. But that's just my interpretation, though. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want anyone to think that's what I'm saying is fact. I mean, I'm that's, saying that's to me, peak filmmaking for that though. Yeah, and then and it's right. like it's peak musical theater. It's peak everything. You know, you think remake? I think they want to try to make something better. They I'll sure do. Different, you know. <laughs> different, better. This is neither one of those things. No, I mean. The chance okay, of, I guess it's it's minutely different. Yeah, enough to matter though. No, like you know you, you know what shot really bothered me was the exactly. was the the final shot was with oh, sure. everything. So here's a scenario: if you've seen West Side Story or Romeo and Juliet, you know the scenario. He was he's hiding out after after the fight, which spends two hours building up to after Bernardo kills Riff, and then. Um, Tony kills Bernardo again. No spoilers because you know it's West Side Story. Deal with it. Came out in '61. Romeo and Juliet with you know with with Romeo and Mercutio and all those characters. He's hiding. He's told that Maria has is dead. Is dead. And then he's asking Chino to kill him too. And then he sees Maria. And you see the setup come from a mile away. Of course, you know what's going to happen. Sure. Chino's, Chino's going to step out, take a few shots. Again, no spoilers. You've seen West Side Story. I mean. One of the final shots that drove me insane was the shot where, I mean, again, we all saw it coming, the Jesus moment. They lift him up, arms spread out, body like straight down like 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 a wood plank. You know, the Jets and the Sharks carrying him 
into the house. But for some reason, Spielberg has the camera way up in the loft of the of, of, of a building, and the camera's like panning up as they walk like robots into a building, and then it just goes to black. What if I secretly wish they started doing like that, um, like the coffin dancer guys that dance with the body? <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, but like, what are you left with? It. Let me let me ask you this. What are you left with at the end of this West Side Story? What 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 message did, did you get from this? Uh, don't be in a street gang. <laughs> well, that's just, that's bad for your health anyway. But sure, sure, sure. But I mean, it doesn't gang mean, violence is real. But I was not left with a profound thing that I was left with after seeing for the first time West Side Story, and I expected to be coming from Spielberg, and I wasn't. And that was one of my first, like that was one of my first, like okay, that's a major red flag to me is. I'm a man who loves movies. I don't always, you know, Spielberg is not always talking to me in the conversation. I get that. But usually I'm, I, I'm left with a, a greater sense of what I had just seen. This one, this is probably one of the more important films that should have had that, but I didn't get that. I was left with the overwhelming urge to go pee because I'd been well, there for two and a half hours. Yeah, probably because you had a large Coke, like, like, you, like, like you do, whatever you drink. I forget right. what you drink. It was a a drink. Cherry Zero, thank yeah, you. Okay, there, there you go, Cherry Zero. But like, you, that's a long time for your, for your bladder to hold a whole, yep. what, like, like 48 ounces? Of yeah, it's a lot. It was a lot. And maybe I a, maybe I had some drinks before that, you know, <laughs> allegedly. I had, a, I had a large drink and I had some Milk Duds and some popcorn. I knew it was going to be a- Milk Duds are the worst hour. candy. We got, my wife got Milk Duds a couple of weeks ago. We watched something else and I'm like, why did you pick Milk Duds? <laughs> why did you waste my $5 on Milk Duds? I milk love Milk Duds. They suck. Good. They I, I, I suck. I don't hate them, but I, I also don't hate hot tamales. And a lot of people are like, those suck. I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't if hate them. If you like cinnamon, hot tamales are fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, the popcorn made this movie better, though, because I had something to do for the three hours. <laughs> again, I'm not, I, I hate to say that because it's not like I didn't enjoy this movie. I did. But, man, I'm not going to watch this again. Well, you said you would enjoy this movie. Did you really enjoy it or did you just not hate it? Somewhere between those two things. Okay. I, I mean, that's fair. Which – and I don't – see, here's – I have some friends that listen to this every week. One one of my buddies in in LA who 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 works as a producer assistant, and he he kind of he really digs what we're doing. He really likes the show. He kind of jives with it. He listens to it while he's at work, while he's doing his. Who do you like more, me or you? Everyone likes you more, Roger. <laughs> Even my own sisters like you more. It's really weird. Of course but, they do. Have um, you ever met you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Thank you. That's uh, one of my favorite lines in the world. <laughs> you always use it. It's great. It's good. Um, well, we each have our own roles to play, but I forget where I was going with that. With he listens to him, but it's your your buddy likes. Oh, oh, yeah. So that's so that's the whole thing. With I don't want to come off like ungrateful that we just got a big Spielberg movie, big production. But let me let's be honest here: pandemic or no pandemic, Spider Man just did just shy of six hundred million dollars in three days. West Side Story in in nine days has done twenty four million (laughs) dollars. Let's just put that. In, let's just put that in perspective, folks. And I mean that because, on on a level of like, what's more important to watch? They're kind of equal because one is a Marvel movie, and people love Marvel, and it's a you know continuing story. But one is also West Side Story and Spielberg. So if you ask me, those are on the same plane with like, oh man, which do I, which do I give my limited time to? I I can see someone making an argument. One's got just shy of six hundred. One's got twenty four. At one time. This script with Spielberg 20 years ago would have opened with a $100 million weekend. Sure. I just don't think – I don't think it's the pandemic. You, you can't say 
the pandemic when Spider-Man just did $600 million in four days. You can't say, oh no, pandemic. You can't say that because you just proved to me that it doesn't matter with Spider-Man. Or does it matter? Or am, am I wrong in saying it does matter and it doesn't? I mean, it does matter. But I mean, again, though, like, you know, Steven Subar hasn't made a lot of movies recently, right? He's, you know, he's paced, slowed down his pace. He picks and chooses what he wants so he can put everything he's got into it. Hmm. I mean, when I hear things like that, I expect E.T. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair, you know, I mean, when you, okay, let's go back for a few, but just let's talk about this for a few minutes, then we'll score and we'll, we'll, we'll move on. But let's go back to like, I don't know, 2002. Let's go back to Minority Report. Okay. Again. Underrated, great movie. Yeah, very underrated. But I mean, it was just, it was just your basic action movie where one guy is, he's innocent, but everyone thinks he's guilty, but he has to prove he's not. You know, like It's that yep. same kind of formula, but. Simple. Spielberg had his, had his spin on it. You know, he, with the whole, you know, predestination and, you know, can fate is is fate moral? Is it not moral? I was expecting this West Side Story to do a little bit of what Minority Report did was kind of go Talk into about the future. Yes, Roger, that's exactly what I oh. wanted to do. What I thought it was going to get more into what it meant to be an immigrant in America in 1950. And though it did touch on it, I don't think it expanded upon it like I thought it was going to. And again, not because I thought it should happen, it should have happened. I'm not saying that. I'm saying. That to me would have been the different. Would have been enough. Sure. A... No, I, I understand what you mean. No, but I mean nothing is different here, really. No, it. But again, what can you possibly change in West Side Story? That's like remaking well, Citizen Kane and just like no, 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 no. I don't. No more. No more Rosebud. The sled's gone. We're not. We're not doing that. We're doing something else. It's like, well, you can't really do that. But to change Citizen Kane dramatically, you have to get rid of Rosebud. Rosebud, Rosebud like is, a Ferrari F40. <laughs> the Rosebud, <laughs> Rosebud is the movie, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the yes. whole thing. Is, I mean, I guess you could have... My first thought when I first learned that Spielberg years ago was remaking West Side Story, I, I was just like, please don't update it to 2020. Please don't make it today. That was my one gripe. And I'm glad he didn't because, I mean, look, that, that would have been dumb. And, I mean, dumb is like, we, we have way too many problems. I mean, at least then it would have been different. Yeah, but... I don't think it would have been a good different, but again, that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. We, we're I'm I'm saying the same things over and over again. Probably yeah. We're just talking in circles. All right. So I'll be the first to score it. Ooh. This to me is. I I mean I want to give this movie a nine or a ten. I'm giving this a seven, because. Oof. West Side Story should have been more, but I mean again this is one of the Spielberg movies that just kind of rings flat to me. It's, it's a very well-made movie. It's very well choreographed, wonderful colors, wonderful numbers. Again, not his own, not original because it's West side story, but it's just, it's just West side story. I don't know how else to say it, except it doesn't break new ground. So you think this movie was as impactful to you as the Joker? I mean, that's the other, that's, that's a movie I, I, I gave a seven to. Yeah, I know. Steven Spielberg would say yes to that question. Oh, I bet he would. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the real score, the one that matters. Um, you mean your <laughs> score? Yeah. Wow, wow. Ooh, that was nice, right? So this movie's a five. It's the middle of the road in every aspect. Some of the performances are fine. Nothing's really outstanding. 
Uh, this movie's two and a half hours long. That's time I'll never get back. Five. It is a it is a slog. And I wanted to bring up one last thing I want to say about the time thing though is that same person who told me she's not going to go watch West Side Story because she has a dog. She's already seen Spider-Man twice. Which is 240, baby, and Spider-Man probably rules. But that's the thing is, so that argument goes out the window too. You know, so I mean, I'm a but little... But she just lied to you because you didn't want to watch West Side Story, well, which is fair. fair. But, yeah, I get that. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think she lied to me because, I mean, I don't think she would lie. But I mean, why, why lie about that? Just say, just say you don't want to watch it if you don't want to watch it, but... Anyway, so yeah, so somewhere between. I'm a cinephile, and I have to say things. But like here's that. the thing: is like, I don't, I don't like when people are like West Side Story by Steven Spielberg. That was filmmaking masterpiece. Like, I don't think it was, man. I don't. Did you and I watch the same movie? I don't think we did. But it is what it is, man. I don't. I hate to say that phrase because what is it? But I mean, it's a fine movie with fine talent. It's just not extraordinary, which is what I was looking for. <laughs> I, I honestly do think Tick, Tick, Boom is the better musical. Oh, hands down. Tick, Tick, Boom a hundred times before I watch this again. I don't think Tick, Tick, Boom is better than West Side Story 61. I think it's better than this version of West Side Story. Tick, Tick, Boom, tick, tick, boom is good, though. Yeah, it's good, good. And Garfield is better than Ansel. And that's something we talked about last week is which one's going to be better because I like Ansel. I think he does great work. I just don't think he was all there for it in this one. Or he was given bad direction. One of the two. Wow, blaming on Spielberg, huh? I'm, I'm some happened because man, he Bold was choice. He was a very wooden, and Tony is not wooden. Tony is very young. He's very enthusiastic. It's you know, you remember what it's like to be 17. Everything is so immediate. Everything is the end of the world if it doesn't happen. That's what I didn't get in. That's what I didn't get from him. Is that I didn't get the Romeo that I should have gotten. Is my point? Sure. Okay. But, okay. So let's move on to another movie we watched this week, National Champions. Let's look at the tomato meter. Tomato. Of 63 and 78. Okay. Tomato meter and audience score, 63, 78. Aren't terrible numbers, aren't great numbers, but let's talk about it for one second. Let me get some particulars out of the way. See, this movie surprised me. West Side Story, I think, let me down a little bit. This one surprised me. All right, directed by Rick Roman Wog. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. As we, as we talk about all the time, we, we love him. Stephen James. Kristen, Kristen Chenoweth. Uzo Aduba, who I met, by the way. Alexander Ludwig. Timothy Oliphant. Lil Ray Howery. Tim Blake Nelson. David Kochner. It's a good cast. It's a very good cast. We talk, before we get into this show or this movie, I want to talk about Timothy Oliphant for a minute. Yeah. God damn that handsome bastard. Yeah, he's he's With that that oh. silver goat. Wow. <laughs> wow, what power. <laughs> oh, here's incredible. Here's Rogers 10 seconds. Rogers uh, was goatee corner here. Take 10 Chew, seconds. Chew, buddy. Listen, if I take facial hair very importantly, that is how you do it, folks. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he's, he's a handsome man. He's a handsome man. Absolute power. All right, Roger, what's this movie about? Tell us. So real short uh, spiel on this movie is this movie is about uh, college football and the national title game is about to be played and the Heisman Trophy winning star quarterback of the uh, what Missouri Wolves, which is a fictional team, um, has gotten some people together and gotten some wheels in motion for 
a plan to start a unionization to start unionizing collegiate athletics and basically goes on strike to uh, make it happen. So, yeah, that's it. And how this unfolds in all the span of like 72 hours or so. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a long and short of it. It's not more complicated than that. However, the movie budget is this is a very small budget. And when you watch yeah, the movie, 2 million dollars. You can you realize that I mean, they literally had a couple of hotel rooms and a in a hotel lobby and that was their budget. And it shows, but I mean, you don't need anything more than that in this movie because it's it, it's all just conversation with with people. Albeit some of it's very difficult conversation to get through because it's, you know, it's just tense. It's very, it's always tense. All right. Let's, so let's get into, let's get into a little bit, shall we? All right. LaMarcus James is the biggest quarterback in college football right now. He is, he's 72 hours away from playing, what are they, the, the bowl game? National championship. As the title (laughs) says. Idiot. 72 hours away from playing national championship and he has gone AWOL. It, it, it opens with him and Alexander Ludwig's Emmett Sunday. Emmett Sunday. Have gone AWOL. They have their own plan. They are going to try to hold the conference ransom to get unionized for the players, which is an absolute nightmare for the, for, for the conference. Not great, Bob. No, it's just an absolute nightmare, which, I mean, there's some relevant. I mean, there are many, many, many businesses, their employees trying to do that today around the country. So, I mean, it's got relevance. I mean, one didn't one Starbucks just go union and exceed? A couple of them did, I guess. Yeah. Oh, really? okay. So a few of them do, but I mean, that'll by the end by the end of this next year, Starbucks will all be union and they'll all be making tons of money. But so that's the thing. So they try to hold the hold the league ransom, and how they do it is actually very interesting. They leave the hotel, they go do this broadcast, which the which the woman who does the broadcast is very very happy and willing because this is big news man this is giant man. news yeah, what yeah, a yeah. story so the, he basically says to his fellow players is like like a plea for help we need to change this they made billions they make billions every year we don't see a dime of this we bust up our we bust up our bodies and we screw ourselves for life for playing college and high school and football we just destroy our bodies and there's no medical there's, there's, there's nothing after it unless you go pro, and very few go pro. Only about 1%. So then that the movie's about that that picking up traction and losing traction as it goes back and forth. But there are also a couple of really kind of curveballs thrown in this one that make the story – they keep the story compelling and interesting yeah. when it otherwise would kind of die out. But there are several curveballs here that make the story interesting. One thing I do want to talk about is – doesn't really have anything to do with the movie is David Kochner and um I might be I don't think I'm saying that right. And Keckner. Kristen, it's Keckner. Oh Keckner. So David Keckner and Kristen Chenoweth both playing outside normal type, which I love. I love seeing people that play one thing forced to play something else for a movie. It it, it shows sure. their it shows their dynamic range and it really does. I think Kristen Chenoweth does it better than David, but that's just my opinion. What, what's, what's your take on this one, Roger? Give me, I've been talking for a minute. Give me, give me I'm indifferent take. on either one of those. I want to talk about uh, their name, though. <laughs> uh, her name, Christian Chenoweth, in this movie, his name is Bailey Laser because her Bailey husband, Bailey. Coach James Laser, what a strong name. It is. Uh, L-A-Z-O-R, not L-A-Z-E-R, though. Yeah. Lazor. 
You remember every time I hear this name, every time I hear the word laser, I think of one thing: dodgeball. Do you remember dodgeball? Blazer and laser. And well, when, 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 I love what, I love when, when Ben Stiller is the introducing his team, and he's like blade, laser, blazer, <laughs> and then and then he throws the ball and hits that guy by the jukebox, and then by the end of the scene, that guy's still laying in the jukebox and beers like pouring on his head because the, the glass broke. I think Justin, he's dead. Yeah, Justin <laughs> Long's like, I think that guy might be dead. <laughs> that's great. See, that's what I think about every time it's laser, blade, laser, blazer. blade, laser, blazer. So. Blazer, blazer. <laughs> Back to national champions. All right. This movie has a couple of strengths. I think really works well for the movie. One of it, I think, is the cinematography. the The, the choice to be small, tight shots, man. But see, that's really good of conveying emotion, which is very important in a movie like this because this is hundred percent emotion, all of it. Absolutely. And that's one of my favorite. A lot of people don't share the love I have for what's called like the the wandering camera look and like the the very close up tight shots and everyone. I love that kind of filmmaking. I just it just speaks to me care for 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 character development. But I know a lot of people don't like because it, it can be disorienting. It can it can be kind of dizzying. Sure, I love it though. But this movie, I think it works for and it works very well for. Um, it's you know. It, <laughs> I don't know how you how do you feel about that, Roger? Before I go on a little further. Well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I think in this movie, how they do it, piece by piece by piece, small rooms, tight shots, quick cut, person, 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 you know, wide shot of everybody, person, person, person. I think it works really well here. Yeah, no, it does. I think I think it works very well. And there's no in an age where we have you know Avengers having these battles in space, we have you know Fast and Furious driving cars on literal frozen ice dragging tank missiles with them whatever you have there's no gunfights in this movie there's 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 no car chases there's no battles of any kind it's just dialogue one of the biggest parts of this movie is four dudes talking in a hotel room which (laughs) is very interesting because this movie's also what this movie does very well is it shows you the power level of everyone in the room and it's really good at showing you visually of who's really the head of the conversation right now i love that kind of stuff you know, show don't tell. Movies are supposed to show me. Don't tell me. Show me why that person. And one of the per- one of the people I think that does really well with is um, oh, what's his name? He's from um, the show. What's what's his name? I can't think of the, the actor's name. Who's who's head of all the conferences? Who? What's that guy's name? Head of all the conferences. Yeah, the guy who was I forget. It. He he was in a very big show on like TBS or some something. No, oh, Michael know. Weston. Oh, sure. Yeah, burn notice was that was that burn notice? Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Jeffrey Donovan. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Michael, Michael. That's a whole different Jeffrey. Don- I couldn't find his name. So Michael Donovan is he's very good at being the he does really a good job of being the condescending asshole in this movie, like the the really like the guy who definitely makes a million plus a year and he's talking down to everyone else in the room. Yeah, I love that guy. I because it, it makes for an interesting scene whenever he's used because he's such a prick. Whoever that guy is, he's in, he's in a lot of movies. Whoever that guy is, that character power dynamic. Yeah, the the power level is wonderful here, especially in the end when he's like, "All right, everyone get out," and then he basically out. breaks down out. what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just it's wonderful. It's wonderful. That guy does a great job doing it too, Jeffrey Donovan. I loved. I mean, what's not to love about J.K. Simmons? You know, uh, I mean? nothing. He's, he's amazing. He's, yes. he's, he's he's in your favorite Palm Springs movie. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's great. Bird. Yeah, he's shitbird. Hey, shitbird. <laughs> All right. 
But here's the thing. If, if you're listening to this and are not interested by a movie with the cast of J.K. Simmons, Kristen Chenoweth, Uzo Aduba, Alexander Ludwig, Timothy Oliphant, Lil Ray Halley, Tim Blake Nelson, David, what's his name? Keckner. Keckner. Okay, okay. I've known that memory. David Keckner. The problem is with you. It's not the movie's problem. It's your problem because that's a huge cast, massive cast. And for different reasons of it's a very well-assembled cast and what they're doing in this one, they do it very well. You know, I mean, I'm not, my, my goal here isn't to call anyone out like you're an idiot for not watching this, but I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that cast should interest you in a movie that's made for less than $2 million with uh, a lot of very intense scenes. It's like $8 million or something. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. So I didn't look up the official budget, but it, I mean, it's less than 10 that's, that's the important part. Yeah, it's not a lot, so. But it's, again, there's no, there's no gunfights, there's no car chases, but it works. It there are several scenes in this movie that, that really keep you on the edge of your seat with the dialogue exchange. Uzo, sure. Uzo's character, Catherine, has a wonderful scene where, 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 where she completely commands the room, takes over, and just steals the conversation. And, just, and she does it with class. And she's, she kicks ass. I got to say, that yeah. was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. She talks about it, you know, if you unionize what this does for other people that don't make the money that football and basketball do and all that stuff. And- goes on to basically give her part of her story about how she earned a track scholarship to Duke. And because of that, she got to do her part and become a lawyer and, you know, all that good stuff. So Roger, you're you're way more into um, college sports, at least football. Has this ever, has there ever been an attempt to unionize by the player? There's there's been a talk of unionization a couple of times. Um, more recently, a couple of years ago, with Northwestern University uh, near Chicago, um, they didn't end up pulling it off. But things have changed dramatically across that landscape now. Um, now the players are allowed to make some money off their name, image, and likeness. So they've kind of that's probably gone. That's that part of that is probably gone forever um, because now basically they can get paid. So right, but I mean. What I, what, I, what I took away from that is once the floodgates open, you can't stop it. No, you can't put, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, man. No, you, you can't re-bottle that. And it, that, like, that's what so many of those scenes were trying to say is you don't understand the replication that's going to happen with this. People who play football might make money, but no other sport's going to make money. Men's then, football – men's uh, excuse me, men's basketball and football are the two biggest money makers for the NCAA. Yeah, Not even course. close. Um, not I mean, even close, which is, which is a shame because I mean, there are a lot of really wonderful women's athletes that those sports should definitely be watched more, but it's, it's, but again, it's, Oh no, they're popular. They just don't make nearly the money of the other two. But that was why I loved Catherine's outburst in the one room with the two boys is what happens to all the women's sports. They just stop because they're not making any money. You yeah, know, they, like, won't, they won't be able to fund them anymore. Yeah. That's, it's just, it's, 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 it's a great movie with point counterpoint arguments that really make you think every time another one's introduced, because I don't know much about the world of sports. Well, I mean, the, the real, the real story about national champions, besides the fact that LaMarcus James and Emmett aren't going to play, you know, based off their beliefs, which is incredibly a powerful story to think of, but it's, it's not as black and white as they make it out to be because yes, there's a lot of money to be made in collegiate athletics there are a lot of people that are very rich because they're coaches um, and because they are, um, you know, commissioners of conferences and boosters of programs and things like that. But there are also smaller programs that would never get anything, wouldn't even exist 
if they didn't get to use money from other programs like football and basketball to fund their entire athletics department. So it's, it's a little bit more nuanced than what, uh, what our leads would believe you have you believe. So, well, no, I mean, and that's kind of the point of that, that all comes to fruition. Like that's probably the greatest second greatest speech in the story, right? The first being coach James laser, James lasers, uh, speech about glory and about how money doesn't actually matter. It's about what glory matters. And God damn it. I would have run through the wall for that man. (laughs) I will will die on this field for you. Coach laser. I promise (laughs) you this. I promise you this, which was, I mean, again, from a filmmaking point of view, this is one of those scripts that I'm okay. I'm, I'm amazed this movie hasn't done better in the theater, in the theater circuit, because I think, Tons of people would want to watch this. Anyone who is a college athlete now, anyone who's just been a college athlete in the past five or ten years, I don't know why no one's watching this. Is it because there's just so much other stuff out? Yeah, probably. I honestly think that this would have been better as like a Netflix or a Prime or something like that. Let's I think streaming of. would have been better for this. Well, I mean, it going on streaming would have been the irony of <laughs> selling out versus not selling out. Yeah. Well, listen, got to make money where you can make money. Yeah, I mean, but this movie proves it. I don't know if you ever watched that. There's one show I used to watch, and it only made it one season. I think it was HBO back in the day of like when HBO was like hugely specific. Do you ever watch Playmakers? Hmm. Playmakers was actually an ESPN show. Oh, okay, ESPN. I got my I got my network mixed up, but I they, love they that made show. it. Yeah, it was an R-rated show that they put on like primetime television, and it was great. It only made Playmakers it one was pretty good, and they canceled it after one season, which is always kind of a disappointment because like they had a bunch of people that wanted to be in on Playmakers, like after they wrapped up that first season and they never got it to come back. So. That's a sh- it's always one show I go I, I mean to go back and watch again, but like I just get my hopes up and there's never gonna be a second season. So that's I think I because watch. of things like Playmakers, we got the HBO series Ballers. Oh yeah, yeah. So Ballers and yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, Ballers is fun. I would wonder what I wonder what the end of the movie without being spoilery, Roger, the ending of the movie is definitely is it ambiguous on purpose or Yes, I think so. Why do you, is it because you think the, the filmmakers and producers don't want to take sides or I don't think anybody really wanted to take sides because listen, there is no right or wrong. There are people that you could never convince them that their point of view would be the incorrect one either. So if you don't, you know, put your finality on it, you let them you let whoever make their own decision. All right. That's, that's, that's fair. And let's, again, it's, Let's talk about the very simple set design here. Quite literally, a couple hotel rooms dressed up a little differently. How long do you think this took to shoot? Seven minutes. I bet you this took two, maybe three weeks, maybe a month to shoot. And that's, I think, I think a month is you could have shot this thing in a month. Honestly, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Uh, probably less than that, honestly. I bet you two weeks with a hotel. They probably all filmed this in the same like six block radius. Yeah, that's it. You could you could fly through some of those long scenes too. It's all just in a hotel room. All you gotta do is get dialogue. Yeah, it's well, yeah. I mean, listen. There's not a single action scene. There's not even a sequence of people running. Like they don't have to set up football. Like they don't do any like on the field. Like you don't see anybody training or a game being played or anything. And every shot you see of a, of a stadium is literally on a TV somewhere. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about extras. You don't have to worry about any of that crap. 
It yeah, probably just... took longer to coordinate with a couple of the athletes that are the actual famous athletes in this movie to get their schedule to work out to shoot their like 30 or 40 second clip than it did any other part. Interesting. I did appreciate the people that they have, the pro athletes that they do have, because uh, one of them's name is Malcolm Jenkins. And Malcolm Jenkins is a big proponent of players' rights and players' safety and the unionization and things like that. He's been pretty outspoken on things like the Colin Kaepernick situation, which is something they allude to a lot in this, about how they basically, the NFL basically froze him out of the league because of his uh, stance on like kneeling during the national anthem. And however you feel about it, it is what it is. But the NFL probably blackballed that dude. And because of that, he's never gotten the chance to play again. And that's they refer to LaMarcus James as somebody like they will they will Kaepernick you. They straight up tell him that if he goes forward with it. So that's uh, that's something they allude to a lot. Well, the whole thing with LaMarcus, though, is he only is doing what he's doing because he's injured way past recovery at this point. Probably. So, I mean, it's just one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't scenarios with him. I mean, do you so, think if he was perfectly fine, he had just taken his $35 million with the Miami Dolphins and just gone on with his life? Not necessarily. Listen, I'm all for somebody. If you believe that what you're doing is right, no matter what in that scenario, if you believe it and you're willing to, you know, basically throw that number one pick thing away and, all that college accolades that you got all just to stand up for something like that, that takes a lot of balls. It does. Now, listen, there are very few people that would make that same decision. There just aren't aren't a lot that would do it. So I believe somebody would, though. Let's talk about Lil Ray Howery's character and Tim Blake Nelson's characters for one second. Defensive coordinator, yes, sir. Lil Ray Howery is usually in movies as comedic. Comedic, relief. yep. And... Damn it! If he doesn't do a fine job in this movie, yep. Being... The sit down they have when they said they're going to replace James Laser as the coach with him, and he's like, "If you get Lamarcus to play," and then they have him sit down with Lamarcus, and he's like, "I want you guys to do whatever you need to do." He's like, "Fuck all this!" <laughs> like I thought that was great. It like, was, that's I mean, a great thing. He believes in what they're doing. But the com- that conversation has probably happened a million times sure. already. Like it's, um. The what the guy who's telling him was like, if you get him to go out there, you can lead the team. You can be the first African American head coach in During this conference. A... And then he he still says, you know what? I'm I'm not I'm not, not going to be a pawn. Screw nope. this. And I th- I think that's great because he 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 goes from concern for the team to I support you guys. Absolutely. Not, yeah. And then it's not always about money and wins and losses. Sometimes it's about bigger things than that. Well, but let's also that's talk what about, the, the this movie's about. So let's talk about one of the big plot holes this movie is. So the whole thing with they can't be found, you know, they keep putting their cell phones in like tinfoil and and leaving them in places they're not. So they won't be found, but they keep, they keep moving rooms in the same hotel, right? (laughs) I do think that's hilarious. Like that's a major, someone would see them eventually. Probably. I mean, talk about a plot hole that, you know, think about while you're watching the movie, but thinking back, I always thought that they just would have went to the other hotel (laughs) where the other team was staying. Yeah, but I don't think they ever make it. They made a. I don't think they make a note of that, do they? No, not really. They the only time they rooms. go to the other hotel is when he goes to talk to the other running back. That's a good point. Yeah, try to get them on the team. Yeah, yeah, but the simplicity in this is what I love the most. Of you don't need big budget to make something that's compelling and fun to watch. No, I mean, 
I mean, the, pro, the pro, problem, provided you get the cast, but sure. Yeah, the only problem I have with this movie is the beginning and middle of this movie are by far the strongest parts. The end just kind of fizzles out on it. And then it when it does fizzle out, there really isn't like as much of a story as there is, like we already alluded to. They kind of leave it, you know, up to your interpretation of what happens. Now, in a lot of movies, that's fine. In this movie, the way that everything was trending, I expected them to do, you know, to actually have a more more complete ending, but they don't, which is whatever. But I think that leads that whole ending sequence to be the weakest part of the movie, right? Yeah, it definitely does. I was The movie does just fizzle out in the end. 100% just fizzles out. Yeah. Everything it had going good for it, it just kind of like, boop, boop. So well, but it, it undoes an, an otherwise great story by doing that. Well, I don't know if it undoes it. It just doesn't let it complete. Okay, that that's a more fair way to say. It. I didn't mean undoes, but it, it it doesn't. It leaves you wanting more. Like ah, it's kind yeah. of a weak way to end that 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 movie. But I mean, that's again, it's 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 still okay though. It's still you know, it's sure. I was left with more by the end of this movie than I was the West Side Story. Yeah, I cared about this movie way more than West well, Side Story. Because this, this movie makes you care about it. It makes you think about what's going on. Not that West Side Story doesn't. It just it does it in a much different way. I think. Sure, well, that's that's fair to say. But this is well, this, this movie, movie makes you think about things a little bit too. That's what I'm saying. Is it's also very hyper relevant too, with yep. you know the whole like unionizing and call because isn't this has been talked about for like decade now, hasn't it? Or like yep. long, long, long time. Yeah. Yes, sir. When did did when when players started getting their face on like the like the you know the the new iteration of like NFL two K whatever whatever for you know PlayStation Xbox? How long that's got to, that had that's been the thing for a long time? Well, they haven't had the real names and faces on it, but that actually something like that uh, will go off on a name image name image and likeness thing for a second. Collegiate NCAA football will be back. They haven't had it since two thousand fourteen due to like rights issues like that. It will be. It will return in twenty twenty three because they have. They're going to hammer out all these deals so people make money off of it. So oh, nice. that's fine. I'll listen. I'm capitalist as hell. Everybody should make as much money as they can make always. So do it. <laughs> do it. Also, do it. somebody pay me to do this, please. Yeah. One day. One day. I will leave this show in a heartbeat <laughs> for a paid gig. Wow. No. All right. Wait. Fair. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said that out loud. No. Is there anything you didn't like about this movie? Um, there's a lot of dark hotel rooms. Did you ever notice that? Does nobody ever turn the lights on in their goddamn hotels? Yeah, I see that. No? That's um, especially those two guys that are they're playing what looked to be basketball. I think. Yeah, they're playing. Yeah, they're playing like uh, switch, switch. Yeah. Yeah, playing video games. <laughs> Every light's off. Just the TV. He's like, hey, why did you turn my light on, man? Mm-hmm. Because we need light in this. What room, are you dude. doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah I didn't, I, there's not much about this movie I didn't like. Um, maybe they took it a little too far with the with the brother thing. I, I'm I'm not quite sure that was even needed as leverage. But no, I was weird. I won't give that away. That's a that's a whole different part of the story and that I'm not doesn't sure really that, come to fruition. We always talk about things that may not have been needed in, in movies. I'm not sure that. You know, this coach is a fictional coach, at least as far yeah. as I know. This whole thing is a fictional thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the scenario is real and the conversation happens all the time, but th- this particular thing is, is not real. 
was did they really need to bring his impudence into this or his inability to please his wife? Uh, no, that's probably I don't really understand why they did that, but well, know, but like the, what it is. the fact that he was always thinking about the team first and never his wife, like that's enough to make her want to leave. No, you, don't, you don't have well, to throw in the fact that you know his ding dong doesn't work either. You know, <laughs> that's just be, now you're just being mean. <laughs> I'm just, well, the movie did it. I'm just talking about it. Yep, 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 yep. Perpetuating things terrible. I think that's the same. I, th- I think that's the same scene where the the man that makes five million dollars a year for for many 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 years tells players money is not worth anything. Yep, glory. Glory is on the field, boys. Like I, that's a little doesn't unbad. mean a goddamn thing. <laughs> it's, it's probably a little in bad taste, but you know, that's like that's like the person in a great relationship tells you. Just as you're broken up with, oh, there's a million fish in the sea. I promise you, not a big deal. You just want to choke that person to death as they're telling yeah, you that. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So there's not much I didn't like about this movie. I thought it was a strong movie for being as slow budget as low budget as it was in a simple script. I always like these movies that are just simple scripts. There's nothing wrong with this simple script. Red Notice, a movie we just watched. That movie cost Netflix, and I'm sure whoever listens to this, you've you've watched Red Notice. A lot of people did. Three hundred million dollars. Let me put let me put that into perspective. Netflix took three hundred million dollars and made Red Notice. Peter Jackson took three hundred million dollars and made one of the greatest trilogies ever been put on the big screen. Three three hour movies. You or think one. Peter Jackson was disappointed he couldn't get the Rock for Lord of the Rings. I don't think he cared at the time. What what did the Rock have done? Um, but that that's perspective for you, uh, boys and girls. Is three hundred million? I don't. Of course, the guy who wants to talk about Red Notice come on the show. He's a he's a he does a lot of work on all these big films. Is he'll he's okay talking about how they because they they shot all Ryan Reynolds stuff, then they shot all the Rock stuff, then all the extras, then Gal Gadot. Was, no one was ever on set at the same time, and I guess that's what cost so much money. Is the shooting took forever and ever and ever, and it keep coming back day after day. That's one of the things that took forever. You know, every, all the safe protocols during COVID, I guess, was every, no, one could, no one could be within six feet of each other. So, I mean, but put into perspective, you know, what is a better movie, National Champions or Red Notice? Honestly, National not, Champions. Yeah, it, that's the right answer. And it cost less than $10 million to make. Netflix yeah. could have Netflix could have made 30 movies like National Champions or one Red Notice. <laughs> and, then, and they chose to make one Red Notice. Yeah, I'm just saying perspective is everything. Nothing makes any sense. That's a real thing that happened. So, yeah. So let's move to score this bad boy, and here's where I think we're going to differ quite a bit. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'll go first then if you want because right. you went first last time. So I think National Champions is a solid six. Um, I I thought if it would have ended stronger, I probably would have went a little higher up. Um, doesn't do anything incredibly well. Uh, doesn't do anything bad. Uh, like I said, though, the ending is a little bit weak, but there are some great scenes in this movie. I think everybody should check it out. Um, probably won't be too long before it's on streaming. That's for darn sure. Um, but yeah, National Jam is, is a six to me. Yeah, that's what I was going to give it to. Is a six. I thought you were going to give it a seven or seven and a half. Man, you thought I was going to be surprised, huh? You're wrong. I ain't surprised about shit. <laughs> Wisdom. <laughs> Wisdom, bro. Yeah, I, I, think six is, I think six is where it sits. It's a, It's an interesting movie. It keeps moving well. Um, I mean, the pacing isn't off because it's just a bunch of conversations that happen. There's not much to pace it out of. You know what I mean? There's not much a whole lot to pace it with. But otherwise, it's a the movie moves well. 
you know, it's it cut it throws a couple of, of twists. It it's very relevant. A six is where it sits. You know, it's I I, I think that it's everyone who has an interest in this kind of thing should definitely check it out. It's a simple movie. It's not, it's not a long movie. How, how long was this thing? Uh, it's almost, it's like an hour 45. Well, one, 116 minutes. Okay. So it's a shade under two. So yeah, it's not terribly long. It's, you know, it's, it's a movie that you can be done with and it's I mean, under two hours and you go on with your day, but it's, I thought it was incredibly compelling. That's just my personal take, but I really enjoyed national champions. I, I hope we get more like this. You know, very low budget, simple, some simple scripts take place all in one place. And you, you, you can make good movies like, like that. You can make decent movies. Yeah, like you that. sure can. You have a good movie, decent acting, things work. I agree 100%. Think about it. I, I'm a little upset that this movie's not doing better in the theater circuit, but I mean, I don't. Does that matter? Because it's going to be. No, I don't think it matters. I mean, listen, it's done theatrically anyway. So just when, you, when it comes out on a streaming service or whatever, if you get a chance, if you're into. If you're into college athletics and like to see some of the backside dealings and stuff like that, I'm sure it's pretty eye-opening for some people how things actually are. So check it out. Yeah. What they, what they say every year, There's this is a statistic that caught me. Every year there are 12,500 draftable players for the, for the yeah. NFL. 300 get drafted. 200 get drafted. 200. That, that, that statistic blew my mind. Yeah. Holy mother. Yep. That's it. My God. College football, be- well, what NFL makes, I mean, just as a little side note, I, I don't know much about the financial dealings of the NFL, but they make like billions a year, right? Sure do. The NFL, and I mean, NFL makes more than college, but college, I mean, there used to be a much bigger gap, and now it's not that big of a gap, is it? No, college football makes a ton of money, yeah. and there is so much college football, like uh, they're narrowing that gap a lot, <laughs> so... Well, if you're a sports well, it fan, it still doesn't make as much as like international soccer, but there's a lot of money there. Well, if you're a sports fan, I don't think there's any reason you wouldn't want to check this one out because again, it's hyper relevant and it's yeah, it it actually does a lot because I'm not a sports guy, but I follow this movie to a T. They make it easy to do that. That's another thing in the pro column is they make it. You don't have to be someone who loves movies or sorry, loves sports to get this. You don't. You really don't. This is 100 very digestible by most people. So yeah, that's. I mean, again, it's. I think we're probably overselling it by half a point, <laughs> but I mean, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about it. I want people to see it. So that's where I think it sets six. Cool. All right. All right, Mr. Roger, we have done an episode. This has been episode 257 of fourth level cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5am on the podcast service, your choice of the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google podcasts, Spotify, Amazon music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. And we're always posting things there. And check us out on YouTube. Self presence there. And we will soon again. Email us to email us at for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. Again, for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And check out next week. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, baby. Spider-Man. A small indie movie you you, you may have seen in your trip to the theater these, this this week. Very, yeah. very, very, very small movie. <laughs> Made a small sum of $600 million in three days. Weird. Weird.